While You Were Folding, episode 58. What a week. Hi, I'm Katherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Were Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things in my real, imperfect life. I've been a wife for 11 years and a mother for 10. I won't pretend to be an expert. I will talk about the ups and downs, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's go ahead and start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Merciful Father, since the last time that I recorded an episode, so much has changed in the world and for each of our individual families. Since last Sunday, I've been thinking about the readings from Sunday's Mass. Hopefully some of us were able to go to Mass, but I was not. But the readings were about the Israelites in the desert wandering around for 40 years, and they were grumbling. And for some of us, this has felt like a really lenty Lent. And it's easy to give in to the temptation, to the grumbling. And I think it's really easy (laughs) to look at the story of the Israelites and think, oh man, stop your whining, get on with it. But they were in the desert for 40 years. And some of us are just entering into social distancing and isolation. And those of us who are at home with young kids are dealing with the struggles that that poses. And others of us still are going about our jobs. If we work outside the home, some of us might be in the field of healthcare or we're at an office or wherever we might be, we just ask you to give us a spirit of obedience and trust with whatever it is that you're asking of us right now. And that with everything that's happening with coronavirus, that we can all just lean on you more. Help this to be a time where we can simplify our lives and bring order to our day to day. We ask for health, we ask for safety, but above all, we ask that this be a time of pruning, that you can help us to see where our priorities need to be, and those things that seemed so important and seemed so essential can fall away if you don't want those things for us right now. And we ask all of this through your name, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hello, listeners. It has been such a crazy roller coaster since the last time that I recorded, and I wanted to come down here. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I jotted down a couple notes. Um, Today's just going to kind of be all over the place. Before I jump in with an update, I wanted to be sure and revisit last week's episode, episode 57, talking about a mother's rule of life provider. That was my grand finale to the series on Holly Pierlow's book, A Mother's Rule of Life. And I've been thinking about it. And with everything that 
is happening in the world and in the news, it's kind of been crazy timing that I just finished a series on a mother's rule of life because I feel like with the social distancing and the isolation and the simplicity of this time, that it is perfect timing for each of us to really take stock, take stock of our relationships. If we're keeping our relationships in the hierarchy of priorities that they should be in with God being first, marriage second, sorry, ourselves second, taking care of ourselves, our own bodies so that we can then third, take care of our marriages. And fourth, if we have any children in our parenting, and then fifth, provider, all of the things, the finances that have been entrusted to us. Help us to prioritize things and then to take stock of the actual things that we have in our lives and to bring order if our relationships are out of order to get those back to where they should be. And if our physical home is in order, holy cow, if we are at home, if we don't have a job outside the home, what perfect timing to try to restore order. And not to do it because you want to have the perfectly clean home, but because when you have kids out of school, everyone's at home, it's a lot easier for there to be chaos in your physical home. So to just carve out a little bit of time each day to get rid of the extra, to start to store those things, put them in the attic, put them in an extra room so that they're out of your way, so that you're not spending time each day taking care of the physical stuff, that you're focusing on the people, and it simplifies your day-to-day living. Um, So if you're interested, if you didn't listen to those episodes on a mother's rule of life, this might be a great time for you to start thinking about something like that. Go back to episode 50. Um, I hope that series was helpful and fruitful for a lot of you. I know several of you have come to my website and have downloaded our different schedules and things that have been helpful for us. So I really enjoyed doing that series. I know I'm using this time to go through and really think about how I'm going to try and invite God in to help us bring more order to the relationships that we have and also our physical home. Last week, I was at this time busily preparing to leave for a homeschool conference. I went to the Great Homeschool Conference in Fort Worth, Texas. It was scheduled for last Thursday to Saturday. And I was so excited because this was my very first homeschool conference and their lineup of presenters had so many of my favorite authors and people that I wanted to meet. And I have a couple of friends from Texas. So super excited. But leading up to the conference, Philip and I were talking about it. And Philip was supposed to come with me. But because he's a pediatrician, and things were ramping up with coronavirus, he felt it was best for him to stay here. Um, Several of his colleagues had kids who were on spring break last week from the local public schools. And so he thought it would be best for him to stay put, help take care of things around the office instead of going with me to this conference. And I said, oh, maybe I should just stay put too. Things are, things aren't looking super crazy yet at this point, but it's looking like there are going to be 
more illnesses, more things shutting down. And I was having misgivings about leaving, but Philip said, I think it's all going to be okay. Not much is going to change in the next couple of days. There really aren't that many cases. The chance of you contracting something is minimal. Um, The government isn't advising any limitations on domestic travel. So why don't you go ahead? We'll take care of things around the house. Our awesome babysitter was able to help out with the kids while I was gone. So that helped me to feel better. So I decided to go by myself and I left early Thursday morning and on the flight there, it was a direct flight from Omaha to Fort Worth. Um, there were, it was a full plane, which I was surprised by because I thought that it was going to be a little bit quieter at the airport, but Quite a few people were wearing masks, but no one looked too nervous or anxious. Security was normal. And then I get to the conference and got to my hotel room, and it was crazy to be traveling by myself, go to a hotel room, get myself unpacked. And I walked to the Fort Worth Convention Center, and the attendance was not nearly as full as I thought it was going to be. And that's when it started to sink in. Oh, I don't think as many people decided to come as we're going to be here. And quite a few of the presenters that were going to be given, giving various talks were not there. They let me know when I checked in to cross off certain presenters because they were not going to be in attendance. And then they also have an exhibit hall where various people who are selling books, curricula, different resources for homeschoolers um, sell various things. And a lot of the different vendors were also not at the conference. So that had me a little bit more anxious. And there were quite a few people wearing masks. They had Purell everywhere. And again, the conference started on Thursday and it was scheduled to go until Saturday evening. And as the conference went on, people were getting more anxious. There were things happening in the background in the news, ramping up with cases increasing and travel restrictions ramping up. And I started to get more nervous. And even though I got to do all kinds of meet all kinds of great people. I got to meet Sarah McKenzie from the Read Aloud Revival. I met Pam Barnhill from Your Morning Basket. And I got to ask them questions and I got to learn all kinds of great things, great advice from seasoned moms who have been homeschooling for a really long time. I was feeling really silly for being there. I felt like there's this pandemic happening. I'm at this conference a couple states away from my family. I was kind of kicking myself for being there because although I was obviously thrilled to get to be meeting Pam Barnhill, Sarah McKenzie, to see some of my girlfriends who live in Texas, it just felt totally unnecessary. And I'm sitting in the last presentation that I had scheduled to go see on Friday night when All of a sudden, the door to this conference room opens up, and one of the event organizers says, the city of Fort Worth is shutting down the conference. We need to be out of the building tonight. So the talk that I was attending 
was all about how to choose a curriculum. And it was really helpful. She gave us all kinds of really great advice. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, it's Friday night. I'm not scheduled to leave here until Sunday morning. And the diocese in Texas where I was, they had just announced that public masses were being suspended. So people were not going to be going to mass on Sunday. So I couldn't even go to mass. And it was just this really awful feeling of all I want to do is be home. So I finished the evening, went to the exhibit hall to ask a few more of the vendors questions about curricula. And then I went back to my hotel room and Philip and I were not able to get my flight changed. So I was going to have to stay put until Sunday mid-morning when my flight was leaving. And that stunk. It was not fun to be in a strange city. Fort Worth is awesome, and I'm sure I would have enjoyed being there. But under those circumstances, it just kind of stunk. And it was raining and overcast, which kind of added to the drama of the situation. And I was feeling sorry for myself, but I took that last day to just take stock of things, really absorb everything that I had learned and had some prayer time to think through things and gathering my thoughts about homeschooling. And Friday, we also found out that our kids' school is closed for at least a week, if not the foreseeable future. Um, Because the CDC over the weekend released the guidelines that there are not supposed to be groups of 50 or more for the next, I think it was six to eight weeks. So if that's the case, I'm assuming schools fall under that umbrella. And um, we could be looking at homeschooling for the rest of the school year. So it was crazy. I'm at this conference. I find out our kid, the conference is canceled. Our kids' school is shut down. All kinds of other things are being shut down. All the different sporting events are being canceled. So things are really ramping up. And then I see a press conference that domestic travel restrictions are possibly being considered to be put in place. So now I'm thinking, oh man, I might not even be able to get home. This is so dumb that I'm here and just felt really silly. So (laughs) I just felt like I'm glad I came, glad I learned all these things, but was it worth it? Probably not. And on the way home, my flight home was really full. Dallas-Fort Worth is an international airport. They are one of 13 airports that President Trump designated to be a place of entry for travelers who were coming from countries that had been affected by coronavirus that implemented extra security measures. And because of that, several people who had flown into Dallas-Fort Worth, many of them were on international flights because their kids were on spring breaks. They got stuck in customs on the way home. And at Dallas-Fort Worth, They had five to six hour waits for these passengers. So they're standing in line surrounded by people who are coughing and have who knows what. Maybe it's seasonal allergies. Maybe it's flu. Maybe it's something more serious. Who knows? But on the flight home, I was expecting things to be quieter and even more empty. 
than they were on the way out. But on the way home, it was a jam-packed flight because all of these people had missed their flights home because they had been stuck in customs. And several of the people were coughing on the flight. And it was just a really awful feeling of everyone kind of being a little bit more paranoid, nervous, wiping things down, not being as friendly as usual. And so all I wanted to do was get home. So I got home, drove home, opened the door, and I was so excited to see Philip and the kids, but I couldn't even give them a hug. The, the second I walked in the door, I jumped right in the shower, took all those clothes directly to the laundry, and have been cleaning everything ever since. And um, yeah, I've never been happier to be home. But Philip did a great job taking care of things around the house. The kids were so happy and they had a great time with him. But oh man, I was just so happy to be home. But I am, again, thankful I had the opportunity to go to the conference. Given the choice again, would I have done it again? Probably not. Um, But I'm glad I learned as much as I did because coming home Monday morning, we got to jump into a modified version of homeschooling because our kids' school, like I said, they have closed for now. And all of their teachers have sent home different packets, their textbooks, workbooks, things to work through. And we're supposed to be working on those items week to week. Our teachers are going to be in touch with us. So we jumped in with that on Monday morning yesterday. I'm recording this on Tuesday. And Philip is home this morning. Tuesdays, he goes in later to the office. So that's how I was able to come down here and record this episode. Things are going really well so far. It has been so nice to have everyone home. Obviously, I wish it were under different circumstances, but because we've been wanting to homeschool, it is really dreamy to have the kids at home, to have a slower pace to life. And I know that things will look different when I'm doing quote unquote real homeschooling instead of doing the packets and the assigned work from school. But it has been fun just to jump in, get our feet wet, get to have this time to connect with the kids. And I thought it would be nice if I shared our general schedule on here. Again, we're one day in and probably by next week it'll look really different, but so far so good. Um, And I know I'll make some revisions and I'll share about those next week. But for now, I wanted to share what's working and hopefully it's encouraging to you. I know being a former classroom teacher, stay at home mom now for 10 years, I've learned a couple things along the way. And I know I'll be making some tweaks as we continue on, but things are really nice around here. It's nice just to have this time. So here is what is working at our house for now. We get up in the morning and we've been doing this thing called morning time now since the school year started. We actually started it last summer. Morning time is just a time for your family to gather together. Homeschoolers use this time to get to the fun subjects that maybe you don't have time for in your traditional homeschooling day. For our family, we're using morning time as a time to 
pray, come together, get our day started. So everyone's gathered around the breakfast table. We start at 7.15. Everyone's dressed, ready to go for the day. And while everyone is seated there, we open with grace. And then we have a Bible verse. We memorize a different Bible verse each month. And we recite that three times. And then after we've recited our Bible verse, then that's everyone's cue that they can start eating. And while everyone is eating, Philip reads the daily gospel. And then after he's finished reading it, we just talk about it as a family. Philip shares the things that he thinks he's observing or that he picked up on. I share a couple of my thoughts and we invite the kids to do the same. We might ask them a couple questions about what do you think about this? Why do you think this person did that? What choice do you think would have been a better choice to make or those kinds of things? And then after that, we do a closing prayer. And then usually Philip leaves for the morning at that point. So that's morning time. And that's what it's looked like this school year. Now that um, the school is closed, usually at that point, Philip takes the kids to school and I stay home with Dorothy and Gloria. But now that the kids are home from school, uh, everyone's going to finish their breakfast. And then that's going to be our cue for everyone to do their morning jobs. So I'll start a load of laundry. The big kids clean the breakfast dishes. Little kids find some picture books to read. Harry goes and finds laundry to be put down the laundry chute um, and those kinds of things. Once everyone has done their morning job, everyone is assigned a different morning job. Then the older kids go and get their work for school. They find their folders, their textbooks, pencils, whatever they need to sit down and get started. And then while they're doing that, I find Dorothy and Gloria and we get out some picture books, some little games, and we sit on the family room floor and read books for a while. And then our 10-year-old Jane, 8-year-old Walt, 6-year-old Harry have their school workout and they uh, get started on their math and then um, they move on to their other coursework. If they get stuck and they need help, then I ask them to move on to something else until I'm done filling the little one's love buckets. Because if I'm able to do that, I've learned that they are much more willing to play independently after that. So I ask the big kids to just keep working as long as they can, move on to something else if they get stuck. And then after those 20 minutes of playtime, reading time with the younger ones are done, then we move into rotations. So after those first 20 minutes, I go and I work with each kid one-on-one with their schoolwork. Now, the packets and things that they're being sent home do not take all that long. It's not supposed to take more than probably an hour, hour and a half each day at the most. But again, that's with life interruptions and the the length of time that it's taking our family to do it. Altogether, if they sat down and really hammered it out, like our son, Walt, <laughs> Walt is very focused and he's very willing to get things done quickly. It probably takes him 20 minutes altogether, but they basically have math, worksheets, some reading that they're supposed to do, and maybe a 
science worksheet or a history worksheet or something like that each day. And that's it. But I'm asking the kids just to focus on those things in the morning. And once I've done the picture books, reading with the little ones, then I said we move into rotations. What I mean by that is I ask the three older kids to take turns. We set a timer for 20 minutes and they take turns playing with the little girls with Dorothy, who's almost four, and then Gloria, who just turned one. So they take turns playing with them in the family room while I'm working in the classroom, which is our formal dining space. We just sit around the big dining room table and I help the other two remaining older kids work one-on-one with whatever packets they have going. And then once I get through with one kid, we move on to the next, and then they're all taking turns playing with the younger kids. And then after we finish that, then we, I start with Harry first because he's the youngest of the oldest three. And then I send him off to play with the younger kids. Then I help Jane or Walt. And then we have a morning recess where we just play outside for 20 to 30 minutes. And then if anyone has any remaining work for the day, I'll continue to work with them one-on-one while we're doing rotations with the other kids playing with the little girls. And then around 11 o'clock, that's when I start making lunch. And here's where I use screen time. I try to use screen time for times when I, as an introvert, need to have a little bit of headspace, need to have a little bit of a break. Maybe in another chapter of life, I'll be able to enlist my kids' help for making lunch, but I have found by this time of day, I'm ready to have a little bit of a break. So I am totally cool with giving them some screen time, let them pick a show while I make lunch for everyone. Some of our favorite shows right now that are actually really cute and educational are on PBS Kids. Two of our favorites are Xavier Riddle and the Sa- sorry, Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum. It's about this boy and his friends who are learning about different historical figures. And then another great show, Wild Kratts. I feel like they have taught our kids so many different things about animals. And of course, Disney Plus has released Frozen 2. So I cannot even tell you. They released it while I was still at the homeschooling conference. I think Dorothy, (laughs) the almost four-year-old, has watched it probably a dozen times already. So bottom line, I'm not above screen, screen time. It gives me a break, gives them a little bit of a breather. And then we'll have lunch. And then after we finish up lunch, everyone has a different job. So the older kids are doing the dishes Harry and Dorothy are playing with Gloria, and they also tidy up the main family room, classroom playing area. Once all of those jobs are done, and I've closed up the kitchen, then we do a long recess. We go outside or we take a long walk. Yesterday, we took a 45-minute walk around the neighborhood just to get out, have some fresh air. It was only in the mid-30s, and it was cloudy and kind of depressing outside, but we needed some fresh air. So that was awesome. And then when everyone was tired, we came home and we, again, do a little bit more screen time before nap time. Um, We just snuggled up on the couch and watched a little bit of a show. And then we took naps 
and Jane is 10. And if she's extra tired, she knows her limits and she'll take a nap. Otherwise, most days she has quiet time in the basement and she is a voracious reader. She always has a book going. We got her um, an iPod touch. I think that's what it's called. I don't even know. (laughs) I officially sound like an old lady now. Um, but it is very simplified, does not have internet access, but she's able to download audiobooks from the library and listen to those on there. So she has, it's two hours of quiet time in the basement while everyone else takes a nap. Typically, um, Harry, Walt, Dorothy, and Gloria will sleep for an hour and a half. And then after that, we'll have a snack. And then we'll have reading time. So big kids can have independent reading time. I'll read picture books with the little ones or have Harry, our kindergartner, read to me. He loves lately reading The Cat in the Hat. And this today we started reading the Mercy Watson series of books. I'm going to write that down so that I remember to link to that in the show notes. Mercy Watson is a really cute series about a pig, (laughs) and it's written by Kate DiCamillo. She's the one who wrote Because of Winn-Dixie and um, The Miraculous Journey of Edward Tulane and a couple of others. So highly recommend the Mercy Watson series. They're a great um, entry-level chapter book with adorable illustrations And if you have a kindergartner who is just starting to become a fluent reader, they're really fun. Harry and I are doing what's called buddy reading. So I'll read a page and then he'll read the next page so that it's not nearly as daunting for him to be reading a chapter book. And and in 15 minutes, I think we made it through five chapters. So short, easy, fun reading to do with your kiddo if you're wanting to do something other than those really small early reader books, those get kind of tedious. And it feels like a really big deal for Harry to be reading a chapter book. So that's fun. Um, And then after our afternoon reading time, typically, Philip's able to come home from work, and then he decontaminates from the office. It's, I'm not gonna lie, a little bit scary concerning having a husband be a pediatrician right now with everything that's happening with coronavirus, but um, we're, he's being really smart. His office is doing everything they can to keep their patients safe and healthy and for him to keep himself and his staff safe and healthy. But the second he comes home, he goes and changes his clothes, washes up. And then Philip is typically the one who makes dinner. So while he makes dinner, I take care of the kiddos. The older ones take their showers before dinner because we have found that that saves us a lot of evening time. And then we have dinner around 5.30. And then after dinner, while I close up the kitchen, Philip gives the little kids baths and the older kids wash and load, wash the dishes, load the dishwasher, and I clean up the kitchen. And then we all meet up in the classroom to do read aloud time. Right now, we're still reading The Trumpet of the Swan by E.B. White, and the kids are still really loving that. 
And if the little ones are too rambunctious or Dorothy the last couple nights has been a little bit fussy and wanting to have some more connection, Philip will take the little ones downstairs or into the family room so that they can have some more connection time. And then we all come together for bedtime prayers and put the kids down for bed around 7.30. And then after that, Philip and I get a little bit of work done, maybe fold a basket of laundry or put something away or work a little bit on a house project. And then we hang out. So that is the rough schedule. Um, if I'm an overachiever, maybe I'll type it up so that you have a copy of it. I have found a couple of really fun resources that I wanted to share this morning. Our kids, did a fun, it's called Lunch Doodles with Mo Willems. Mo Willems, he's the author of the Elephant and Piggy books. He also wrote the Pigeon books, like Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus, or I don't remember what else, Don't Let a Pigeon Have a Puppy. And he has started doing on YouTube free art classes for kids. So today he taught us, he released a lesson on Monday morning. He's going to do one every day. The first one was 22 minutes, and that's the one that we did today, learning how to draw a pigeon. And the kids loved it, and each of them drew their pigeon, but then they did a creative take on it. So Harry turned his pigeon into a ninja. Walter's pigeon is in the middle of a Star Wars battle, and then Dorothy turned hers into a unicorn. (laughs) Jane's was a pretty literal, accurate representation of what Mo Willems did, and she did not want to take away from that. So everyone had their own version of a pigeon, including myself. It was fun just to sit next to the kids and doodle with them for a while. So if you're looking for an activity, I recommend that. I'll link to that in the show notes. And there's another great website that is giving virtual tours of 12 famous museums and our kids are enjoying that. So I'll link to that one in the show notes. One more show recommendation that I didn't share Um, I've mentioned it on a previous episode. Again, sometimes in the evening, if it's one of those days where read aloud time is not going to happen and we need something else to do, screen time, I'm not above it. So a great family option. It's called Somebody Feed Phil. Phil Rosenthal, I I can't remember if he was the producer or what from the show Everybody Loves Raymond. He is hilarious. He must be six foot really tall. (laughs) I'm 5'3", so everyone is tall in my book. But he travels around the world and he explores these different cities and he eats the food, goes to restaurants, dessert places, does all of the touristy type things as well as the non-touristy things that the natives, the locals do. And it is so much fun to watch him meet the different people and learn about their food, their culture, and their history. And the kids and I, with Philip, the first night I got back from the conference, we just needed some time on the couch to snuggle, and we watched Somebody Feed Phil Venice, and it was a really great episode. I'll link to that in the show notes. So if you're looking for a fun, I don't know, just a potato chip type feel of a show. Somebody Feed Phil is a really cute one. So I definitely recommend that. That's all that I've got for now. I hope that this was somehow helpful. Just wanted to 
bring you up to speed on what was happening around here. And um, if we're having one of those days, I'm definitely going to be letting the schedule disappear in favor of connection. If I learned nothing else at the homeschool conference, it is that God is God and I am not, and God's going to show up in all of it. And that I must prioritize relationships about above anything else. I know a lot of us that have kids at home that are not in school are feeling like we're thrown into this whole homeschooling thing. And we have to prioritize our relationships with our children above everything else. If emotions are getting really big and kids are getting upset, we have to remember learning cannot happen when someone is shutting down. So that's our cue to take a break, take a breather, walk away from the math worksheet, whatever it is that you're working on and reconnect with your kid. And don't forget that your mom before anything else. So I hope that's encouraging. I want to know what are you and your kiddos doing during your time at home? What's working at your house? And maybe you have found a fun resource that your family's really enjoying. Maybe there's a fun website or a YouTube video or a game that you have rediscovered as a family that was in your board game bin. I want to know what you are doing to connect as a family and how you're having fun. Share one thing that's working or maybe an awesome resource with the While You Are Folding community. You can send those to me via email at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Or as always, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or my favorite, send me a voicemail on Voxer, that free walkie-talkie app, and I'll play it on the show. If you like the show, keep sharing it with friends. Our community keeps growing and growing, and I am on a streak with the podcast. I'm having so much fun coming down to my basement recording studio and sending episodes out into the abyss, but when I hear from you, it lets me know that there are people out there who are listening, and it's so much fun to hear what's really hitting home with you and what your feedback is after each episode. So thank you for coming and listening and sharing with your friends. I'll be praying for all of you. I know things are really out of the normal for all of us. And just remember God's in charge and we're not. And if we're faithful to what he's putting in front of us, if we turn off the news, maybe we need to start putting social media limits back on our phones and just dig into whatever he has for each of us. It'll help us to be more present, focus on those relationships that are most important right now. So hang in there. (laughs) We're all in this together and God already knows what the outcome of all of this is. So just entrust all of it to him. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding.